Like, don't be afraid to fail. Failure is part of success. People think that success and failure are separate. Success and failure are the same thing. Look at Alan Sugar, for example. How many businesses has he had collapse? Richard Branson, even um, the Microsoft brother. He's not even, when you, re when you realize how he made his money, he's not even a genius. Yeah. He used other people's stuff. He just, he just knew how to put it together. The point being is, is that we, I think we think to really make it, you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to be right every time. No, you just have to keep going and eventually it will work out. Like you said, even if it goes wrong, you've learned a way not to do it. Einstein, he said he learned hundreds of ways not to do it until it went right, until he found a way to do it. Welcome to another podcast of the I Love Monday podcast. Today we have financial advisor, TV personality, author, and so many other heads, so many other hats you're wearing. Uh, Emmanuel, welcome. Thank you, man. Thank you, Zane. Thank you for having me, man. It's, it's cool. a pleasure, man. It's a pleasure. Because you know what? I love Mondays now. Ah, uh, sick. <laughs> I love Mondays now. I never used to, but I do now. I know this is a bit of a different setup because you're yeah. normally like massive production crew at ITV, <laughs> Sky, BBC. Yeah. But you're just going to have to do with me and Mo today. No. Um, but you're back in the ends, man. You're back in the ends. And you know what? To me, I always say, I love it. I love this. This means more to me than I like, because this is the cult. This is where man belongs. This is where I grew up. This, I used to walk down these streets and nobody cared. So to even be in such a nice environment, to see us own this yeah. type of thing. Like when I used to walk this high street, all the estate agents, we weren't even workers. We weren't even the staff, <laughs> let alone the owners. To let come into a building that looks like this, this nice, and know that we own it. You know what I mean? People that grew up in this environment, so many things against us, but mounted those hurdles and got to this. It's, it's, it's a joy. Yeah, it's, it's a journey for it's a journey for everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People only see this; they don't <coughs> see the car behind. No one has saw me scrubbing the floor. <laughs> exactly. And this office is getting made. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what are you up to these days? You know what? Everything. You know what? Just just doing just living my dream. You know, I always tell people like I literally wake up and live my dream. The things I used to want to do in life I, I do them now and and so you know whether that's talks now I'm not all fast so you know obviously we've got the book out doing stuff on tv doing stuff on social media working for corporate companies I've got my own financial advice firm so we're doing that I used to work for people to do financial advice now we've got our own firm you know what I mean so it's it's a dream bro there's just so many things we're doing I'm just living life and enjoying it what kind of financial advice are you generally given is it like from anything? Anything. So the good thing about what we want to do is, um, at Belvedere, Belvedere um, Group, is that we understand that financial advice typically is only for people that have like, let's say 50K plus. Now, there are so few financial advisors that financial advisors are being picky and saying, 100K, if you ain't got 100K, they don't want to talk to you. But we know that, we remember when we struggled to have 100 pounds, do you yeah. know what I mean? So for us, it's like, if you come and you want to get some financial advice or you want to get support in getting started, we want to be able to give that to you. So some people, I'm literally helping them with their debt and how to get out of debt and how to manage their money better. I do stuff with couples where I sit with a husband and wife. Because remember, two people have different financial journeys. You saw your, one person might have seen mum and dad handle money in one way and took that, and another one seen mum and dad handle it another way. Now you've come together. You've learned different ways. If you don't learn how to make it work for you guys... There's arguments, there's trouble, yeah, and so forth. So I sit down with couples and teach them how to be better with money, how to make money work for them and the goals and dreams that they want to achieve. And even 
talk about the goals and it's crazy like you get married and you never thought about how many kids you want how much like who what if you have a kid who's is, the, is your missus going to stop work carry on what type of house you want to live in do you want to stay in the uk move all of these conversations have happened and you're already married it's, yeah, it's absolutely true. mad like people don't realize that marriage is a financial decision you make it's yes love and all of that but it's a big financial decision and commitment so it's about all of these types of things for for me i want us to not be making those mistakes like i feel like we're very good at working hard but we're not good at making our money work hard for us yeah and i think that's the main thing you need to make your money work for you exactly and that's what they say in all these conferences <laughs> make your money work for you but how, how is the difficult part yeah because someone's gonna think oh, i've got 10 grand mm-hmm. how can i do that someone's gonna say i've got 100 but then majority of the people in the uk even in london say i've only got 200 pounds i've only got 100 pounds what can yeah. i do and, and it's relative. Like, someone will be like, oh, I remember when I first started 15 years ago, if, if you had a million pounds, you'd be like, I'm a millionaire, I'm gone, I can buy X amount of houses. Now, even a million pounds, you're not even a millionaire. They say it's like two, two to three million before you're actually qualified as a millionaire because the cost of everything is so much. Like, if you've got a million pounds, you buy a house, do you, you might even, you still might have to go back to work. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, actually, like, how do we get to a point where we're actually making this? And the problem is, is that social media has you thinking it's a quick thing. Yeah. Like, that's why crypto did so well. And now it's gone so bad. Because everybody jumped in it thinking, oh, wow, I can put my money in this and it will just go up. And, I can make, and that's not how investing works. That's gambling. Yeah. And people were gambling thinking they were investors. And actually they were gamblers. And now, you know, the bet's gone back on them. I put money in Dodge in 2018. Yeah. 200 quid and so it was, I think that one was 0.001 or something like that wow. I can't remember what it was so do you know there was that spike yeah it went to like 50 cents or 50 yeah. pence or something like that I thought let me check my wallet gone got hacked <sighs> you know and then I thought what so I checked my email and there was a, something in my junk email or something I can't remember where but it said someone changed your password I'm like oh thanks for letting me know wow so that could have been what 25 30 grand or something like that yeah exactly but it is what it is, man. No, it is what it is, but also you have to know your level, right? Yeah. So I see people like you're struggling with PowerPoint, you're struggling with Word, and now you want to do Bitcoin or crypto. It don't make sense. Like that's not for you. Know where you're at. Do you understand? If you're, yeah. if you, if you, you know, ha- if you struggle to use your mobile phone, then why would you go and now think investing in crypto is going to change your life? It's, it's not going to work. Do you know what I mean? Know where you're at. I think it's really important to, to and focus on the knowledge before the execution. So we think about the investment, but it's not about the investment. It's about, do I understand why I'm investing and, and, the, and the pros of my investing and the cons of my investing? Because if you don't understand that, you could get lucky and win yeah. and then do the exact same thing and lose it all yeah, because yeah. you don't actually understand what you're doing. Do you know what I mean? And so that's why it's so important to get the education and knowledge, but from reputable people. The problem is, is we get our education and knowledge, people won't come to you because you're quiet. And so they'll, and, and they'll feel like, oh, it's quiet. Like, no, they want the loud, boisterous, yeah. I'm just about to get on a jet. Like, if, like, let's be honest, like, these things are not real. Like, somebody that has to remind you how they got a jet, is, they're, not, they're not trying to sell, yeah. better you for a course. They're trying to take your money. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's true. And it's like, actually, if I, saw, if I, if I was anywhere near I would be like, saying, please, I want to get into this. I see what you've done. Even let me come and work for free. Do you know how much people don't want to work for free? Yeah, it's true. People are prat- you ain't got no no education, no experience, and someone says come and work for free and get something. You're like, ah, oh, I know my worth. What's your worth? I work for free for about nine months. I work for free. Uni. I used to give talks for free. Now I'm on television 
giving talks. I used to give talks at churches. I used to go to different churches with some like aunties at church and just teach them about money and finance, just to practice, just to get better. So the day when I get on TV and they ask me about pensions, I'm good, I've, I've practiced. And we look down on the practice. We look at practice like, oh, I'm too big for this, or I know my worth. Listen, there's, there's a, a value in experience. So you could do a qualification. We see all the time people go to university, get a qualification, yet you're, you're working in McDonald's or you've gone back to your retail job because you can't get a job. Yeah, yeah. But with experience, some people will hire you because you've got the experience more than the qualification because yeah. they know you can do the job. So go get the experience. And if I can get the experience from you and I know that this is where it leads to, I'm ready to, I'm ready to make, make those sacrifices, especially when I'm young. You ain't got no costs. It's time to take the risk. It's time to take the risk. We always want to take risks in our 30s after we've got kids and a wife. And... No, 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 no. Got take the risk now when you're young. If it goes wrong, all you'll end up back is in the same, in your parents' house, in the same room you were in anyway. You've got nothing to lose. I spoke to someone today. He's a, he messaged me on LinkedIn. Mm. He wanted a quick 15-minute call. Yeah. Because I'm finishing uni, what do I do? Yeah. I said, have you done any side hustles? <laughs> he goes, yeah, I've done a bit. I said, the first two, three years after uni, try and set up a business. Exactly. Either you fail... Or you, but if you fail, you learn. Yeah. Or you'll succeed, and this is the path you take. Yeah. But if you start taking a risk when you're 35, 40, married with kids, you're gonna think about five times before you think, let me jump in. Exactly, and it's it's so important, and and it's like when you see success, it's like success leaves clues. Do you know what I mean? So if, so if I see you with this, to me, when I walked, when I when I drove past, and I, when I was part, trying to find, part, I looked at this, I said, this is it. This is what this is what I'm talking about. This is what we need to be having. At this level, because you're not going to walk into any estate agent and say that it looks like this. It looks better than this. This is the, this is the, we could be in Knightsbridge right now. The level, do you know what I mean? The level that this is. So if I see this level, I say to myself, just to learn. The nuggets that you will throw away that you're not even thinking about will change somebody else's life. So for me, if I'm a young person, I need to get around you. How do I get around you? If I've got to work in your company, if I've got to volunteer, because when you're young, you, don't have, you have low costs and you've got time and energy. So go and meet someone like yourself who now you've got businesses and all you're doing, the time, you're time poor. Yeah. So you, you as a young person can partner with someone that's time poor where you've got time, you've got energy, do the running and learn on the job. I promise you, everybody I know that's successful had a mentor that they, they had to humble themselves to for a period of time that changed their lives. And it's like for a lot of us, because of social media, we think we could just come out of uni, come out of college, and we're a boss. How was Emmanuel when he was a young child? Uh, I was, you know what, I was, I was, I didn't have much, man. All I, I didn't have much. I feel like, I know a lot of us didn't, but I struggled. Like, I didn't have the right trainers. I didn't have the right, I used to get, I used to get bullied a lot for the clothes, because my parents, they grew up in Nigeria. So to them, trainers is just trainers. Yeah. There's no designer. <laughs> Clothes, they're just happy to have clothes. There's no designer clothes. As long as you've got clothes and, you, and the clothes are clean, that's all they care about. When you go to school, it doesn't work like that. And so for me, I always used to get, people always used to feel like they could bully man and attack, my, attack me and so forth. But then I started playing sport. I grew, got bigger, got stronger, got wiser, and you know, got a good group of friends around me. But we still didn't have... But the most important thing with me, me and my friends is we had hope. Like, you see, sometimes you're in a, an environment that's negative, an environment that, that you're supposed to go down a certain path. 
One thing I never lost was hope. I always had the hope that this doesn't have to be my, my ending. I don't have to go down this path. I can change my, change my, my journey. What gave you that hope? I think mainly for me, my faith in God is the, is the main thing. Like my parents grew up, grew, took me to church every Sunday and raised around God. So that was really important. And obviously growing up, um, growing up in Tower Hamlets, you know, most of my friend, most of my other friends that were like Bangladeshi, do you know what I mean? And they're very religious and, you know, they t I see them go to Friday. These are the rudest boys, like, you know what I mean? But they don't play Friday. They've got to go mosque. They've got to, they have respect for their parents. Like, these are things around you that you appreciate and respect, do you know what I mean? And, and so for me, it was like, having that faith in God, I'm like, no, things can change. It's interesting you say that because we have the same belief in the sense that we have to have hope. Yeah. Like, our religion teaches <coughs> us to have hope. So exactly. as a Muslim, it's like, if you don't have hope, you're not practicing properly because you have to have hope because exactly. if you pray to be to have anything yeah you really pray for the impossible that's what we exactly say. and it's the same with you guys you pray yeah. for the impossible because you just never know what can happen exactly and so for me it's like especially like growing up in in tower hamlets i'm seeing kadari wolf i'm seeing the buildings i'm like i gotta get in there i can i gotta get over there i gotta I, i'm so close i live in limehouse i literally my postcode is e14 yeah. The Barclays Bank postcode is E14. I'm like, no, I've got, I can do it. Like, we, we live in the same area. You're just across the dock. Literally across the, exactly, literally across. So I'm like, it's possible. I've got to be there. And so having that hope, and that's what I tell young people, like, forget your situation. You might not be where you want to be, but don't live where you are. Live where you're trying to get to. And people feel like, people have mixed it with this fake it till you make it. That's one way to do it. What I'm saying is, is that, if I want to, for example, when I worked in the, in the bank, I was a cashier. If I'm a cashier and I want a promotion, I can't just act like a cashier. I've got to act like where I want to go. I've got to show them that I have the skills of the job that I want to get. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, they're not going to be confident to give it to me. So sometimes we are, you might be in, in the hood. You might be in poverty. You might be in a place where you're not comfortable. You might have failed your exams. You might not get, have the job you want. But that doesn't mean you act like your environment. You act like where you want to be. Who, if I want to be a boss, I need to wake up and do what bosses are doing. If I, want to, if I want to be an owner of an estate agent, I need to think, what's the owner of an estate agent doing? What does somebody who owns this do every morning? What, what are the things they're waking up thinking about teaching themselves? That's the things I need to surround myself with. But how does like a teenager get that kind of confidence? You know what? For me, your surroundings, number one. But number two, the internet is there. So you've... I think sometimes we're so big to, to find these examples, you know, oh yeah, I want to be like, I don't know, 50 Cent, or I want to be like this Jay-Z or whatever, Kim Kardashian or whatever. But why are you not trying to find your local hero? The people in your, people in your community that are not too far away from you that are doing well. You can follow them on social media. Yeah. You're on social media, right? Yeah. So if I'm a young person, I can follow you on social media, see what you do. I can then listen to your podcast. I can... I, and I can then pick up stuff that can help me change my mind, change my reasoning. The problem is, is that we're listening to the same music, we're, going to the, we're buying the same clothes, we're going, to, we're going out to the same places, and so our mind's being conditioned to think that this is the only way. And so you've got to use the internet as a tool to help you rather than a tool to trap you. Because that's what a lot of people are. They're trapped in the internet. They're trapped watching the same things, having the same conversations. Should I date this? Should I not date that? Oh, make money, lose money, hustle. Like, what do you want for yourself? Who are you? Who can you really look up to? That's reachable. I can't. I can't. When they were talking about the Jay Z thing, I was like, Are you crazy? 
I'm taking the money all day long. Do you know what I mean? But I can't, I can't reach Jay-Z. But I can reach you. You exist. There are people that in our community doing amazing things that exist. These are people that are reachable. And so that's who you should follow. That's who you should listen to and try and, and it will help you do better. It's like we're talking about Sean Landoff here. Yeah. Because he's one of them on social media. He's active. He's yeah. made it. Mm-hmm. And he's out there to help. If you, I guarantee if someone messages him, he'll reply and say, yeah, let's meet for a coffee. And, and there's so many. And he's but, from ENDS. Yeah, definitely. And there's so many. Why? Because people have helped them on the way. People like, oh, E-man, like people will message, DM, and they'll be surprised that I'll reply. And they'll be like, oh, no, I don't believe it. And then I'll leave a voice note. And they'll be like, I can't believe you're... I'm like, bruv, I know what it's like. I've been hustling. This, nothing was given to me. I've been hustling. Like you said, cleaning the floors. I've had jobs that, like, that I didn't like. I've had, had to do stuff that I didn't want to do in order to make sure that I can provide and I can, I can, I can be where I am today. So the big thing for me is that we're normal people. Yeah. Like, don't, I don't idolise anyone. I don't put anyone on a pedestal. Like, we're all humans. We're all flawed. We all make mistakes. But the biggest thing is that for a lot of people that are successful, if you, if you, if you come at them in the right way, they'll give you some time because they remember when they were coming up, somebody gave them some time. Did you have a hero growing up? I think... Um, who was my biggest hero when I was growing up? You know what? I'd say I love football. So my biggest hero was Ian Wright and then Thierry Henry. Those uh, Arsenal fan. Arsenal fan, unfortunately, for myself. But um, yeah, I grew up... I loved Ian Wright. I loved... You know, what I loved about Ian Wright, and this is one thing that I've taken in my life, is was, he was his authentic self. He was on there, gold tooth. Do you know what I mean? Acting, doing what you expect people from South London. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, was, yeah. he was being himself. And, and Thierry Henry, he, he embodied... You know, class. it's exactly class and the way he did it. And I was like, you know what? When I do it, I want to do it my way. And so that's why now finance, it's changed. Before me, and I don't want to, not in a big-headed way, before I started doing my thing, finance was very straightforward, very get a pension, get an ISA. This is, now that I brought banter and humour, now all of a sudden people are like, oh, finance can be fun. Finance can be fun, entertaining. Do you know what I mean? Do you think pension's a scam? <laughs> I've never put money in a pension. I've never put money in a pension. Uh, pension. You know why? I tell you why. Yeah. yeah, go on. I'm not waiting until I'm whatever 67 to take money out. Facts. That part is a scam. What? Not a scam in, this, in the sense of yes, pensions are good. They're tax efficient. But what I don't like is that you're putting money into an asset, into a pension. It's tax efficient. Great. Did it. But the government choose when you can take it. No, 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 I don't. It's my money. Like, so when I started, you could get your personal pension at 50. Now it's 57. They're already saying they're going to move it to 58. It, they already talked about it. They could go to 60 or 65. You, saw, you see the riots in France. That's because they moved it to 64. Imagine somebody, you, you think you're going to get at 50 and they now tell you you're going to get at 64. You have to work an extra 14 years. Yeah. So for me, a pension is a, is a, good, ass, is a good way to... To put your wealth in, and even it's good for inheritance tax because you know if you if you die before seventy five, you can leave it to your family tax free. After seventy five, you can leave it to your grandchildren at their or leave it to whoever at their highest rate of tax. So there are there are reasons to to have a pension when it comes to estate planning and so forth. But for me, your pension is not sh- shouldn't be your your kind of main retirement plan. To me, that's that's bonus money there. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You're putting it there because. That's unless, unless, for example, you do a job and you say, I love this job and I want to do this job for the rest of my life. Because if not, 
like you, like you said, if I want to stop at 50 or 55 and all my money's in a pension, I have no choice but to carry on working. So how can it be for my... And this is what I sit, when I sit down with clients, they're like, yeah, I want to retire. I'm at 50. I'm putting my money into pension. I'm like, but you can't get it to 57. So what are you going to do for those seven years? Yeah. Um, I didn't think about that. Like... <laughs> You know the money you take out on a pension, does it usually beat the inflation over all them years? Yeah, over them years, yes. Over the, the good thing about pension is probably the best at beating inflation because it's, tax, because it's tax, tax-free and then also because it's so many years. If you start at 20, compound interest yeah. over, over 30, 40 years, nothing compounds as good as, as good as a pension. Plus, with pensions, you could do things like commercial property and buy land and all this other stuff through it. So it's a, it's a good, through a sip and stuff like that, it's a good... Investor, but for me, that can't. That's not the best investment for your retirement. Let's talk about the cost of living crisis yeah. at the moment. A lot of people are struggling. Yeah, we have tenants struggling. Um, tenants, rents are going up. Yeah. Just today, we had a landlord said, "Tell the tenants to leave or put my rent up." So I had to reply, "You have to serve a section 13. You can't just force the rent up. Yeah. Or take them to court, one or the other." Yeah. Um, then he said, "Okay, cool, thank you." But people are struggling out there. What are your tips for people who are struggling to pay bills? Yeah. Um, struggling to put food on the table. East Ham, there's a food bank. The queues are so long. And they're mainly students, so young yeah. people. Yeah. I think there's a few things. I think there, there's a few things when it comes to the cost of living crisis. So for me, in, any, in anything, there's two things you can do. You can either decrease your outgoings or increase your income. So let's start with a decrease. So people have to now realise that the cost of living crisis, that... Things that you used to take for granted, you can't do them the same anymore. Do you know what I mean? So, for example, your electricity, you can't just leave your lights on. You're leaving, the, you're leaving your TV on standby overnight. This is costing you hundreds of pounds just to have a red light on that you're not using. You know, back in the day, you put the TV on, it has to warm up. You, have to, you can yeah. go, don't, it's, not, it's not like that no more. The TV don't need to warm up. So just switch things off by the wall. These are simple things. Um, gas, so your heater. So you've got, you got to have you service your boiler. You need to serve it. You're using it all the time. You need to service it. I think also things like water. So we've seen water rates go up now. So how many times do you brush your teeth? You just leave the water running. You flush the toilet every 10 seconds. Like, you're, we actually have to change the way we interact with this stuff. But also things like, can you work from home? So do you have to, how many days you have to go into the office? Can that, is that a way to reduce your... Or it's actually cheaper for you to go into the office. For some people, it's actually cheaper because their office, they can shower at their office, they can, you know, they can food, everything comes at the office. So actually, working from home is costing you more. So go to the office, you know what I mean? We have to make changes. But then for me, the big thing, increase your income. One of the biggest problems in the cost of living crisis is you know, it's not just the cost of living crisis, you have a cost of income crisis. Your in- the income in the UK is too low. Look at it. You can go online and compare what does a teacher get in the UK compared to a teacher in another country. Find any of these services, any of these types of jobs. People get paid a lot more in other countries. So it's one of those things where the reason we have a cost of living crisis is because in this country, incomes are so low, so tight. But also, you are living on one income. One. If we know that, that if the average millionaire has seven income streams, seven. I'm I'm not saying you have to be a millionaire. But you should think to myself, if I want to live decent, I should have two or three. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but we're living on one income. You can't afford for you, the, your job to be the only, the only source to feed your family. 
you've got to look at other ways to do it. And also, you've got to get comfortable. Some of these, some of the students have to get comfortable. I need, to, I need to go uni near my house. All of this, I want to go away for uni. Uni costs too much already. Do you even need to be uni? You could be doing an apprenticeship. The amount of times I speak to these young people, what are you doing? They're doing, they're doing, they're doing degrees and stuff. I'm like, you could do an apprenticeship. You're going to do this degree and you're going to come out and your manager is going to be somebody that's done an apprenticeship. Yeah. Because they, they started at 16. And you're, you're 22. That means that they've got six years worth of experience more than you. They're more employable. <laughs> they're more employable and they can command a way higher salary. Way higher salary. So, yes, when you look at the stats, it says that, oh, you know, when you get to senior management, mostly, but you can do now, you can do on-course training. Even your job can pay you to go back and do it, and your job is paying rather than you. So for me, like, we have to be careful. Unless you, what you're doing requires a degree, look at other routes. Look at on-course on, on training and so forth, because a lot of, we're starting ourselves up in debt before you've even started. What's some of the ways people can boost their income? Or supplement the income. Yeah, I think let's look at the things around you. So, for example, you know, you might have a car park space. You can hire, you can, you can lease that out. You might not drive your car during the week. You can put that online. Your kids might have gone away. You might have a spare room. People are telling me they're struggling and they've got two rooms free. The rent a room scheme, as long as that's 500 pounds or less, you can rent that room for free. No tax. That's 500 to 1,000 pounds coming into your, into your household. Tax free but you're saying, oh, I don't want to share my space. Then do you really want, to, do you, do you know, yeah. sometimes it's like, it's, people are like, oh, I don't want to share, I don't want, but you have to compromise. You have yourself. to compromise because you have to understand where you're at. This is a moment. One of the big things I, I, I teach people is that this is a moment in time. You're not defined by it. So whatever you have to do now is just what you have to do now. So I have people that are, oh, I'm 35 and I had to move back with my parents. And, they, and they're, they're embarrassed. I'm like, you should be number one, lucky that you've got a room to move back in. And two, this is a moment in time. You could be 37 and be a millionaire. So what? It, just because you do something at 35 doesn't define you. Yeah. This is just a moment in time. But I think when people, if people move back with their parents, they're decreasing their expenses. Mm -hmm. That means generally it's a less risk. Yep. That means they can take a risk elsewhere to maybe double, triple their income. Yeah. And not only that, but your parents might need you to come back. How about that? Your parents are struggling do you know what I mean? So actually you coming back and paying a little, putting a little money into the household is helping everybody. And that's the problem. I always tell people, your first business should be your family. Your, your first business partner should be your family. Like when I look at, you know, like, you know, I watched Crazy Rich Asians. I watched, I watched that movie and I loved it. Not because of the movie itself, but because of the culture. Because people are practicing stuff that they've done for generations. And so when other communities look at it, oh, that's crazy. But no, that's what's kept us in line. Yeah. It's worked for my ancestors, so it's going to work for me. Do you know what I mean? The problem is, is that we think we're so modern and so new and so much smarter than those that have come before that we start to move away. Actually, we need to have these fundamental principles in our lives. And so for me, my family needs to be up the first place. Why I meet a brother and sister, and both of them are on 30k each, and both want to buy a house individually in London. Are you well? What are you buying? You can't even buy a garage. Do you know what I mean? But actually, you come together, you might be able to get a two-bed flat somewhere and start. Then we get the, oh, I don't want to buy a flat because, you know, lease off. Up your money then. You know, like, people will tell me, like, it's my fault that they can't afford to buy. Like, up your income. Your like, it's my fault. Like, like oh, you mean, it's so, no, it's like, it's so unfair. I'm like, number one, I didn't make the rules. Number two, you've got one job, one income. 
like 30k trying to buy in London, you're not, why don't you move out? Some of the jobs that people do in London, they can do in Birmingham, you could do in Manchester, where you can afford to buy, but you don't want to move. I have grew up here, all my friends are here. So up your income. You're not just competing with people from London. There are people from all around the world, even throughout, even throughout of the UK, that come to London. But I think when you look at things like 20, 30 years ago, yeah. I can use my dad as an example. He had a main job. Mm-hmm. Then he had another job in a factory. He had yeah. another job in a warehouse. Yeah. He had three jobs. Plus he had uh, me yeah. and my mum. So he had a wife and kid responsible at 20, 21 years old, yeah. wherever it was. Um, but he was working three jobs. There was no going out to eat. There nope. was no socialising. The only socialising, you go to people's houses. Exactly. You don't go to steak out of the exactly, exactly. spend 50, 60 quid on a meal. But nowadays, I think people feel like, and I think social media is a big part, we need to go out, we need to show people we're successful. Exactly. It's a different, our parents' generation is different because they took pride in family. Like, our parents were proud to be parents. Yeah. And that was, their kids were their joy. Like, my kids, are, are do, the fact my kids can go to school, my kids are getting a good education, my kids are doing well. That was their pride. We live in a generation now where it's all about us. How, how do people view me? Not even me. How do you look at me? Forget how I am. I could be successful. But if you don't know that I'm successful, if you don't tell me I'm successful, then I'm not successful. Yeah. That is a crazy mentality. You have to know who you are, what you stand for. A lot of people these days, they take... That's why they've got to show people, oh, I've just got on this plane. Oh, I'm driving this car. Oh, I live here. Or I'm di-. Because it's, it, it's almost like you're not successful unless social media tells you so. But I think that's why a person needs to set, set their own personal goals. Exactly. And then their feeling of contentment comes when you've reached one of the goals. Or well, someone like me puts on social media, I don't know what I put today, I got into work at 7am and my computer is restarting. <laughs> Pointless, but... Yeah. yeah. How how does a person feel content with their wealth? Yeah, it's a great question. I think for me, I always talk about contentment because I feel like, as much as I understand that there's abundance, I understand that you know there's an unlimited supply of money. You can make money. There's there's unlimited whatever you want to achieve in the world or whatever you want to get. You can work hard and get there. I also understand that I need to be content. Like there comes to a point where I'm like, it's okay. I know I can buy more cars, but I'm all right. I know I can get a bigger house, but I'm okay. Do you know what I mean? Otherwise, it never stops. Do you know what I mean? You have to come to a place of saying that, actually, it's enough. Do you know what I mean? And also, be content in the fact that there's more things than just wealth, money. You see it all the time. I I meet clients. I remember when I used to work in the bank, and you meet some really wealthy clients, but that doesn't mean, that didn't make them happy. Now, don't get me wrong. I had a lot more poorer clients that were sad. Do you know what I mean? Than richer clients that were sad. But the point being is that, if you think that money is going to fulfill you, then you're in for a shock. And it's almost the most disappointing thing to think, oh, once I get this job or once I'm earning this amount, my life will change and realise that you still have problems, you still have issues, and it's not enough. Like, for me, what's most important is that family unit, that base. Like, I know that if I'm on TV, great, people are celebrating. If I'm not on TV, people are still communicating. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you've got the, the fame from social media or whatever, but once that dies down, your phone's dead, no one's checking on you or whatever. So for me, the, the people around you and your family basis is really what allows you to be like, actually, I'm okay, I can be content. Why is family so important to you? I think for me, it's because people are very wishy-washy. Like one minute, people are supporting you, one minute, and then all of a sudden they're gone. 
but your family, your, your, like your close family, your close friends that you grew up with, people that knew you before. Because like now, for example, now that I'm doing well, everybody wants to be a friend. Everybody sends a message, e man, let's go for a drink. e man, let's go for a coffee. Let's go and eat. I want to... And then they want to ask you this, oh, I saw that you know this person, can you connect me to this? And that? You could have emailed me that. We didn't need to do all this back and forth. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like people just want to get close to you for what they can use you for. Do you know what I mean? Whereas those that were there before when you were building, you know that they're really there for you. Do you know what I mean? So for me, family is really important. Plus, what is the point of having money if you haven't got people to celebrate it with? Like for me, I love the fact that I can, like my mum, for example, I love that I can send her on a holiday or, you know, give her money if she needs it and, st- like, and, not, and not worry. Like, she doesn't have to worry about money because I knew she, when we were kids, that's, that was a big thing. She worried about money and it's like, now you don't have to do that. I'm here. I can support you. And I love that. Do you know what I mean? Because I know what the sacrifices that she and my dad made for us. So family is a big thing for me. I think you mentioned a key word, sacrifices. Yeah. And I think when you're young and you understand the sacrifices yeah. that your parents made, your mm-hmm. family's made, sometimes mm-hmm. it's your older siblings, yeah. you appreciate that and it makes you work that extra 1% harder just to give back to them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's one of the problems is that for a lot of us, we have entitlement, especially this kind of, this kind of millennial, Gen Z, there's an entitlement that, oh, because I'm here, I deserve a certain standard or I deserve... X, Y, Z, and I don't walk around feeling like I deserve anything. I work hard for everything I've got. Do you know what I mean? And I know that if I don't invest, if I don't put money away, if I don't look off, it can be taken away. That's why my desire is to make sure that my income and my family is supported by my own work rather than the work of others. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, it's like, even though I'm making money now, I'm not thinking about now, I'm thinking about, my, I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about when, when the cameras are gone and no more TV and no more... How, how is my family going to maintain this lifestyle? You see it with I got footballer friends and clients and struggling. Yeah. Even though you're earning 30, 40K a week and you're in debt and you're struggling. Why? Because you haven't got the knowledge. You haven't got... And, and also you feel like you have to live up to a certain appearance. I think with footballers, it's that celebrity thing. It's bad. And, and like with us now, and it's the same thing, it's the social media illness. Exactly. Where we were spoke about it before, but everything has to be in social media. And when yeah. you, you have, to, a person has to learn to hide things from social media. There has to be their own private life. Yes, you have uh, to. But it's difficult. It's difficult for people because it's peer pressure now. But it's like, for example, like, you have to think about it. You might be earning 40K a week, yeah? Which, compared to the people around you, is nothing. But you're in a locker room and some men are earning a half a million a week. Yeah. So you are trying to do what you see, you're trying to drive the same car as somebody that's earning 10 times, 20 times your salary. Do you know what I mean? And so you're, keep, you're, you're keeping up with people. Then you're, you're, you're betting, you're making bets with people that, are earning, that can afford to lose a lot more than you can. And so what happens, is, then you're buying houses. Oh, bro, do you know, and obviously, a lot of footballers, they don't buy it, they rent because yeah. they might move. Do you know what I mean? So obviously, if you're an established footballer and you're making a big amount, you'll buy it. But for ones that where maybe you're on... 10, 20k a week and you're moving, you're, you're getting loan here and loan there, you think, well, there's no point in buying, so you're renting. Why don't you rent humbly? No, you're going to rent in the, in the nice area where all the footballers live and then you're going to say because of security and all that, all of a sudden, you're, when you get one injury and now it's all gone. When you look back, you've made somebody 10, 15 million across your career and you've got nothing to show for it. What advice have you given to footballers? For me, the, big, the biggest advice I tell footballers is don't allow your family 
don't want your friends to also automatically think that they can live off you. You have to be able to say no. So, for example, I had a football, one of my football clients and all of a sudden, like, his brother's, like, quitting job. Like, they can't talk to me like that. Da, 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 my brother. Do you know who my brother is? Like, you know, I had to tell him, you have to tell him to calm down. Yeah. Because you're, it's not realistic. You can't, you're not going to feed him for the rest of his life. He's not, your, he's not your child. Do you know what I mean? And so, even, like, some of my football clients, I'm like, stop giving your, their money. Buy a business. You can buy a business. Put them in. Put them in as a worker. Put them in as a manager. Put them in, whatever it is. Give them an opportunity. If they take it, great. If they don't, then you've tried. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop giving them money. It's not, it's not something that's sustainable. Buy a business and let the business pay them and let them work and they can build. And then if they do well, then you can buy another one and they can manage two of them. Do you know what I mean? But let them put in some work so they can appreciate the money because you can't afford to feed them for the rest of their lives. And then you end up feeding their lifestyle, which becomes like completely different lifestyle exactly and then when you stop and retire remember these men you're stopping 30, yeah. 35 38 40 latest you're you're done not everybody can be a coach not everybody can be a pundit so so what are you doing for the for the next 40 50 years of your life how are you going to survive i've heard from someone i can't remember a footballer when they manage their money they put their salary they don't touch their salary yeah but all their advertising sponsorships yeah that's what they touch yeah and their salary, they just put away or it gets invested by their advisors or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, and a lot of people do that as well. And they can, footballers can get a certain special type of pension that they can get earlier as well. There are, there are things in place, but the problem is, is like you said, with social media, it's that celebrity status around you. All your friends are gassing you. You know how it is. Yeah, boss, big boss, you're the big guy. Come on, now all of a sudden you want to buy, buy all the champagne in the club and all of this silly stuff that means nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know how hard you worked to become a footballer, yeah. the sacrifices, the training. When you were training, all your, they weren't training. Do you know what I mean? You were training, you were practicing. When you were injured, you had to, you know, sometimes you had to play injured and all of this type of stuff. Think about that when you're now spending this money. Like, make this money last for you. Do you speak to, like, young footballers? Yeah, we do. So when, when you guys speak to young footballers, there's obviously a risk of their injury ending early yeah. without them have made a sufficient amount. How do they prepare for that? So you've got to prepare them for that. You've got to, you've got to give them examples and let them know that, okay, although you're in an academy now, like a lot of, a lot of you are not going to make it to the first team. And even then, some of you might not even make it to lower leagues. And if you do make it to lower leagues, you might not have a long f career because of injuries. So don't take it for granted. Enjoy this moment. Don't take it for granted, but make sure you're putting money away for your future. Like, how much do you actually need? Like, I, got, I, I spoke to one of my um, clients. Her son, she, her son just signed a pro contract with a, with a premiership football team, and they, they were paying him a wage, and she was like, I'm just giving him, like, 10% of it. And he's fine with that. He's at home. What's he got? What, what, what does he need it for? Do you know yeah. what I mean? But then she's like, I don't know what to do with the rest. So we started thinking about an investment strategy and stuff like that. And it's like, actually... Sometimes parents are being forced to be financial edu like look after their kids' money, but they're not even good at looking after their own money. Yeah. They haven't got the financial education. So it's important that, you know, if you haven't got it, you go and learn it because your kids are going to pick up on it. One of the reasons a lot of these other communities are doing really well is that they're learning from their parents. Their parents have got fundamentals. Like you said, your dad, hard work in the fundamentals, but also allow you to then understand how, what you should do with money, what's really most important. So you can take those values. One of the things I find with a lot of these footballers is that they think they're going to be millionaires. They think they, that, you know, this money is going to last them forever. And, and it's like, be humble. Like, don't lose yourself.
Like you find the, the, the ones that do best are the ones that are the most humble. It's like the, that United team, Gary and everyone, yeah. really down to earth, but now they're all in businesses. Yeah. And they've utilised their money or they've used their money in certain ways um, for them to uplift and make sure that they're fine, mm-hmm. their families are fine, and probably their grandchildren are fine. Exactly. It's, it's so important. It's so important to think of beyond yourself. Like, to, when, you, when you think beyond yourself, like, the way you achieve, like, for me personally, because my mission is beyond me, my mission is to help, you know, first it was to help, you know, my community, my family. Then it was about my community. Now it's about the nation. Before you know it's the... When, you're, when your goals are beyond just you, the, the, the way you're able to achieve and the things you're able to do are so much better. So for me, it's really important that people don't just think about themselves, but actually think, how can I make sure that not only the money I made, but my kids don't have to start going back to, 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 to retail or to these types of jobs when I've made so much money? What can I put in place and have the right advice? I think people are missing the advice. Is one of the reasons you want to help, or you wanted to help your community, the racial wealth gap? Because it is a thing. Yeah, it was, it was a big thing for me. I, when I first got over to, to work at Canary Wolf, I was, only, I was only 22. Youngest financial advisor was in Barclays, I was 22. All my colleagues were like mid-40s, early 50s. And I used to leave my council estate, so my Tower Hamlets, leave my council estate, all, all the hood, hard, and then go to Canary Wolf, and I'm, I'm, almost, I'm a minority. But I know I'm in Tower Hamlets. I know that white people are the minority in Tower Hamlets. Yeah. But in Canary Wolf, you're the minority. Do you know what I mean? And, in these, and, I, and I used to get there, and then I see my clients, and, and I never saw a black client. I had, a, I had a few. The closest I could get was a couple of Asian clients. I never had a black client. And I was like, what is happening? How come I see you on church on Sunday? I, I see you during the week, but I never see you in my office giving you financial advice. And then it made me feel like I've got to make a difference. Like I can't just live my life helping rich people get richer. I have to go out and look at how can I help my community where I come from. And then from there, I realized it's not just my community, there are loads of people out there that need this help and support. And so that's how it's just built. How, since you are at Barclays, how, yeah. how, how do you think it's changed? It's changed, I think there's a lot more diversity. The conversation has changed, you know, we've seen I'm not going to lie, you know, the George Floyd thing made a big, big difference for me, even me personally. I feel like a lot of the TV that I do now is because of that. You know, I don't think, I don't, I personally don't think a lot of the opportunities I would have got, I would be getting if that didn't happen. And that's sad, but I'm going to make sure that I always, that's why I always try and, you know, mention his name because this guy literally got slaughtered for, for us to be able to have opportunities. And, you know, George Floyd should never be forgotten, like, because what, 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 he, what his family have had to go through has made, had to help to make a change for all of us. Same, same thing as Stephen Lawrence. You know, these things make big changes. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like there's been a lot of change there. However, whenever you, when you look at, like, FTSE 100, there's not one, not one managing director that's, that's black or ethnic minority. So it's really important that we still understand that there's a long way to go. When do you think we will see a managing director who's ethnic minority? I think it's very difficult. Because it's tough to break in. It's very difficult. And, and what you have to understand is human nature says that you... you a lot, remember, if you're a manager, you're going to hire someone, your reputation is based on them. So the likelihood is, is that you're going to feel most comfortable hiring someone that's a similar to you. 
And someone similar to you tends to look like you as well and go to the same places you go to and socialise in the same environments. That's how you're going to feel comfortable. And unfortunately, there is conscious and unconscious bias that leads to making it very difficult for us to get past it. Even though we talk about it, it becomes very difficult. So I think the, the only way we're going to start seeing that is actually creating our own companies. We have to stop trying to get a seat at their table and start to create our own tables. No, I 100% agree with that. Because I can't see everything my own today. <coughs> MD or Barclays, for example, it, or any of the banks it, or any of the large institutions. And, and even when they did, they had um, um, Tiam. He was, he was an MD at Prudential and so forth. But he's from a wealthy background and he's, from, he's French or, you know, French background. So he's not, not from the UK. Do you know what I mean? I think it's very difficult to, to get there from, from here. I wouldn't say it's impossible. I mean, we had a black president of America, so anything is possible. Oh, we've got Asian, uh, Asian prime minister. Asian prime minister now. So anything is possible. But I think, it's, I think it's going to take a long time. And I think the quicker route is us actually starting to create our own businesses and build our own, our own companies. We've got the Asian Prime Minister, but if you look deeper into it, the guy is either himself or his family or somewhere, he's a billionaire. Mm. Yeah. And when you've got that kind of money, it's easy to break in. Yeah, his, 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 um, his wife's dad is like the richest man in the world or one of the top richest yeah. men in the world, yeah. And then even him, he's a multi-millionaire himself. Um, so... Of course, you know, it's a different, especially coming from our background, do you know what I mean? And so for me, it's about actually understanding the people. I focus on the people, like, who can I help? So people wake up in the morning and they ask themselves, how can I make money? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't ask myself, how can I make money? I ask myself, who can I help? Because I know if I find people to help, money will come. Yeah, do you true. know what I mean? And it's a much nicer way to live and a much cleaner way to think about who can I help, who can I add value to. And a lot of the time, before you can add value to someone, you need to add value to yourself. That's the bit people forget. That's what I said at the beginning. Someone should be coming to you and saying, look, let me learn from you, because that value you're going to give to me is going to enable me to make thousands in the future. It's content marketing, essentially. It, it is. It is. It's how, it's how it is. And it's like, for me, I feel like we are so much, we want to be, the, we want to be originators. Yeah. Everybody wants to be the originator. Listen, you're not the, no matter what idea you have, somebody's either had a similar idea or done, that, done something similar, go and learn from them and, and don't make the mistakes that they made so you can get there quicker. Now you're like a TV personality, yeah. um, an author, financial yeah. advisor, all the other hats we can think <laughs> of. Um, if you had a 17-year-old Emmanuel come to yeah. you for advice, what would you tell him? I'd tell him, take risks. Now's the time take risks, like don't be afraid to fail. Failure is part of success. People think that success and failure are separate. Success and failure are the same thing. Look at Alan Sugar, for example. How many businesses has he had collapsed? Richard Branson, even um, the Microsoft brother. He's not even, when you, re when you realize how he made his money, he's not even a genius. Yeah. He used other people's stuff. He just, he just knew how to put it together. The point being is, is that we, I think we think to really make it, you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to be right every time. No, you just have to keep going and eventually it will work out. Like you said, even if it goes wrong, you've learned a way not to do it. Einstein, he said he learned hundreds of ways not to do it until it went right, until he found a way to do it. I think the easiest way to explain to a 17-year-old, yeah. for example, look at Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, come on. When he was 17, 18 at United, mm -hmm. he was dribbling, he was getting chopped. Yeah. Or he couldn't get past. Yeah. 
But he continued, continued, continued. He kept trying. Sometimes he'll fail to get past yeah. Ashley Cole. He struggled to get yeah. past Ashley Cole. Continue, but now look where he is now. Okay, come on. And then, and then also you understand that for every Cristiano Ronaldo, there's a Messi who just gifted. Yeah. You just got it. It, it just happens. But also understand, Messi still works hard. He still trains. He still practices. He still has to watch. The, you, can't, you can't just have the skill and ability and think, oh, I'm really, I'm really gifted. I'm going to make it. No, you've got to put in the work. There's no... Everyone, no matter what you want to do, if you want to achieve something in life, you've got to put in the work. And, and this generation are scared of that, the work part. There's no standing still. You're either going forward or going backwards. Going, exactly. Exactly. And sometimes, yes, you know, we need a break and, you know, work-life balance. And, but I was saying it the other day, like, to me, there's, there, the, there's, a, there's a balance. But at certain times, bruv, I'm 99% in business and my family are getting 1%. And other times... I'm 99% family, and do you, do you know what I mean? Like, but over, over the course of a year, there'll be balance between yeah. the two. But at any given time, if I, like when I was on my book tour the last two months, I was traveling the whole country. I can't, I can't say, oh, I'm not going to go on tour. I've got a book, I'm not going to go on tour now, and so you know, I need to take my kids to school every morning. No, I'm going to go on tour. When I come back, finish, now I can take my kids to school. We're helping them with their homework. I still have conversations with them. I still talk, but... Sometimes it's like they wanna, we want to try and cut out the work part by saying, oh, work-life balance and my mental health. I understand mental health, but for me, I know what I want to achieve in life. And actually, I do what I love. So my mental is always good because yeah. it doesn't feel like work because I do what I enjoy. But I think that's key. You have to, even if you're running a business or even a yeah. job, do something you like. Because eight hours of the day minimum, Come on. you want to do something you enjoy. Exactly. If you're in a job that you don't like, it's a problem. Exactly. Find another job. And that's the thing. That's what I would tell, exactly tell young people. Try multiple businesses, hustles, things. You're going to learn what you don't like. Same way like you might even do it with girl. How many girls do you date before you find a wife or you know your type? Do you know what I mean? You know what you're looking for. It's the same thing with your career, with job. Take a job in retail. Take a job in marketing and finance. Take a nine to five. Go and work. Go and volunteer in different things and learn and experience why you can... T- why you can afford to do that. And then you'll find your passion. You'll find what you really enjoy doing and you can pursue that. How, how does a person make the first 10K? It's <sighs> oh, a good question. For most people, it's going to be employment, right? For most people, because you haven't got, you haven't, you're going to have to, you're going to have to get a job for most people to make that first 10K. I think, you know, get, get a job, work, learn. I, I couldn't be the person I am today without spending my time in Barclays. I learned so much working in, from the t- people that I met, from the compliance, the regulation. I learned so much in Barclays. So I always say there's a, there's a place for employment. Do you know what I mean? So I think, you know, get employed. Now, once you've done that, now the next 10K, I think, you know, obviously you could carry on your work. But think about a side hustle because now you get to that 10K quicker. If I can make, let's say I make 10K through work and it takes me 12 months to do, to do that, for example, if I get a side hustle now... I can, I can make 6K through work, 4K through my side hustle, and now it only takes me nine months. I'm now making the same money, but in a shorter time. Yeah. It means I can build quicker. So it's all about thinking about how can I grow, how can I build. You have to create that snowball effect. You have to. You have to. You have to create the snowball. And the earlier you start, the better. The earlier you start, the better. And then for me, it's about investing for your future self. The problem is, is that we, we work hard work very, very hard, do jobs that a lot of people don't want to do. But 
when we make that money, we spend it in a way that is just unacceptable. Like we just waste our money on things that we shouldn't be spending money on. So for me, it's about getting that money and making sure you're putting money away for your future self. Are you telling people not to enjoy themselves or are you saying enjoy themselves on a budget? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think definitely enjoy yourself, but it's not just about enjoyment. I think all we do is work and enjoy. But what the problem with that formula is that that always requires you to work. So a lot of people are setting themselves up to work forever because all you do is work, make your money, pay your bills. Then after you pay your bills, spend the rest and start again. Or you enjoy the journey. <laughs> you, but the journey never stops. Yeah. You, get to, you get to 50, 60, your knees are hurting, your back's hurting. You still got to go up and work like how you worked when you're 30. Think about it. It doesn't make sense. You know that in your, in your 20s and in your 30s, maybe your 40s as well, that's when you've got your most energy. You need to use that time to create the income streams so in your 50s and 60s you can actually enjoy it. Because if not, you're going to be working in your 60s how you worked in your 20s. That's crazy. I think in your 20s, that's when, you're, that's when you put your graph. Put it in. I remember going up five, fl five flights of stairs with wardrobes, just trying to get it into the flat. Wow. And stuff like that. Now, we, we've done that because we have the energy. I wouldn't do that now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would just pay someone. Pay someone, of course. But now, but back then I wouldn't. When you're in your 30s, your 40s, use your experience and your wisdom and your network. Exactly. Exactly. But how many people know this? A lot of people, the worst, you don't find that out until you're in your 30s, and you're 40 years old and you realise, ah, oh, I've wasted 20 years. But then I think then also in your 20s, you have to do some networking. Yes. And you have to surround yourself. Actually, there's a property networking events that there's a 17-year-old kid, Akshay Patel, he goes to all the time. Yeah. And he's all over social media going to these property networking events. But at 17, he's making millionaire connects. Yeah. Exactly. And he's in a room where people are smarter than him, talking about property. So he knows where he's going to invest his money. Exactly. And he knows if he needs help, he's got a whole lot of people. Because really, who's not going to help a 17-year-old? Exactly. And he's getting that for free. Yeah. Just because. Why? Because he's doing initiative. Because we are shocked to see a 17-year-old in this room. And we knew that when we were 17, this is not where we would have been. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what it takes to really change your life you got to start doing stuff different. I always tell people, for a lot of us, we're insane. Because insanity is doing the same thing but expecting a different result. That's what we do. We see our parents do something. We didn't like how they lived. And then we go and copy the exact same thing they did, thinking that somehow we're going to live a better life than they did. You're going to live the same life that they lived. So you've got to think about, what am I going to do different? What drastic change am I going to make to make sure that I can live a better life than them? And then also make sure my kids can live a better life than me. And then it continues all continues. the What's some of the conspiracies around finance and money? For example, a lot of people say, don't put money in the bank, put money in gold. Yes, it is a thing. It's a thing, but, but it's, not, it's, it's a madness. Like, it's crazy when you think about it. So I get what people say about the bank, yeah? And, and I don't think you should put too much in the bank. Yeah. But you need to have money in the bank. Having money under, your, under the floor, in the wardrobe or whatever, doesn't, doesn't make sense. It's, you're, you're scared to leave your house. Yeah. If you get robbed, it's gone. And then also, in regards to like gold, gold is, gold is something that for, for your money that you know that you're not going to use over the longer term. You can put it in gold because gold basically reacts different. So when we have times where there's uncertainty, the price of gold goes up. But like, so like time like now, gold, gold especially silver's done really well. Uh, but 
precious metals, all of this type of stuff, they, they react differently, they correlate. So we call they correlate differently. However, when we get some more sensibility, like towards the end of the year, they think inflation will come down, be more about six, five, six percent, you're gonna see that that's gonna change. And as we get more, the economy gets more stable, if you've got all your money in that, you now start to lose money. So it's all about having a balance and, and, and diversifying your assets. But for me, I think what's really important is have some money in cash that you have, have some money to spend, so put yourself on a budget, I'm not saying don't enjoy it, just budget it, but make sure you've budgeted how much you're going to save, how much you're going to invest, and make sure you paid your bills. Then when you're doing your enjoyment, you know that everything else is covered. I don't mind people going on, if you want to go to Dubai, go wherever, and but like rent a car, rent a, knock yourself out. But make sure you've paid your bills, you've, you've um, saved, and you've invested for your future. If you're doing all those stuff, and you've got money left over to do enjoyment, excellent. I'm all for it. But the majority of people, all we do is enjoy. And then one day, it only takes how long for someone to sack you or get made redundant. Like now, loads of people yeah. in big companies, Amazon, all of these tech companies, all, all these big companies, Google, they're all saying, oh, we're going we're gonna to make you redundant. You get made redundant. Who are the first to get made redundant? Typically, ethnic minorities are in that, in that space. Is that a proven stat? Proven stat. And not only, not only that, but when it comes to contract work, so zero-hour contracts, um, contractors, all of that, we fill up that. For the percentage of ethnic minorities, the percentage in those spaces, we fill those spaces up. So when it comes to making cuts, we are the, the most affected. In the lockdown, ethnic minorities were the most affected. This new central bank digital currency, I think it's yeah. called, how is that going to affect the pound, the dollar, the investments? I think in the short term, it's not going to have much of an effect, but I do think... In the long term, that's, that's where we're going. We are doing more stuff, transactions online. We are doing more things from our phone. We, we are more comfortable. And, as, and once more businesses start to accept it as a, as a currency and become more confident in it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the way forward. We've seen, I mean, now they're having the debate. Do we need the 1p and 2p and all these coins anymore? How many people are using cash? Do you know what I mean? So soon we're going to move away from that more and more and more. And so the digital place, if, we, if everything is on our phones and tapping, then doesn't matter if it's a pound, a pound or a digital coin. It doesn't, it doesn't, as long as I can buy what I want to buy, it doesn't make a difference. Some people say COVID was a conspiracy to, to introduce a full cashless society. <laughs> Whether that's true or not, that is what happened. Yeah. That is what happened. I mean, we went from people would not, no way pay for card to... Everybody taking, I mean, even like small vendors taking card and so forth. So you go Queen's Market, people are taking cards. Yeah, before. it's full cash. It's, it's full cash. Yeah, all these little food stores that used to have outside your work, outside, all of them take card now. So it's one of them things where even now to use cash, and we're seeing banks close. So I don't know if, if you notice the trend on the high street is that banks are closing. What, what's in, what's taking their place? Betting shops, mm. loan shops. So payday loan companies are are now more more rife than people actually going into the bank because. People, people doing their stuff online and so forth. I think they need to start banning or limiting the amount of uh, betting shops, paddy powers and all that. I open. agree. I think they started to do it in football, actually. Yeah. Uh, where I think you can't have... The logos. The logos. But yeah. it needs to be more, man, because the poorest is like Newham, example, there's betting shops everywhere and yeah. they're full and people are struggling. Yeah. Remember what we said earlier about hope? That's, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. If I'm struggling and I've only got a little bit, I'm hoping... Like I can make this bet and double my money or triple my money. Or, and actually, we know that these shops wouldn't exist if the majority of people yeah. won. 
these shops they only exist and they only do well because the majority of people lose. You can't beat that system. You can't beat it. Like there are very few that make that, that win. Do you know what I mean? And they have to let some people win, because otherwise yeah. nobody would do it. But the majority of the time you're losing. What's your one top tip for investment? My biggest top tip I would say for investing is that diversify is the number one thing. I think I'm, people, some people are like, I only invest in property or I only invest in stocks or I only invest in business. For me, diversify. Invest in, in, in all the different areas because at any given time, everything can go up, anything can be down. So it's always important to, to diversify. And then the second is start as early as possible. So people say, Iman, when should I start? You should have started yesterday. If, if you can't start yesterday, start today. Do you know what I mean? Like, today's the best time to get started. Like, even if it's, like, and, and start with where you can afford. So if you know that, oh, I've only got £50 a month, then you know that you're looking at doing something on, you know, Hargreaves and Ansdown or Vanguard, a little fund, just put money in on a monthly basis. As you start to build up more, then maybe you go into property. Or maybe you go into property trying to deal source because you've got time and energy. So it's, like, sometimes I'm like, even buying house is not always the be and end all. Do you know what I mean? There are plenty of people who just deal source and make money off yeah. that. And, and they, they make a good living off it. Do you know what I mean? If you can find the deals and, and get them for people and, and, get, and get a network of clients, you'd never need to own, but you can live the life. Do you know what I mean? So there are different ways. To, there's so many different ways to skin a cat. I mean, it's just about getting out there. That's it. Pretty much. And learning from people like you, other professionals in similar investment um, fields. And taking, being a sponge for information, yeah. basically. Exactly. And the biggest investment you can make is in yourself. 100%. That's the best and biggest investment you can make is yourself. If I had a thousand pounds, I'd rather invest that in a course or into knowledge or into mentorship than I would into the stock market. Because even if I put in the stock market, I get, what, 10%. All right, excellent. I get an extra hundred pounds. Yeah. If I meet the right person, if, I, if you mentored me, if I could get on a call with you and you could give me tips, I could probably make that hundred pounds every day or every week rather than only making it in a year. Yeah, and I think people undervalue mentorship, undervalue yeah. investing in themselves. Yeah, so much so. But for me, it's like, if you, if you don't even believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? Yeah. You've got to back yourself. You've got to believe in yourself. And the only way you can believe in yourself is by having these courses. Is Like me, practice is, is, is amazing. But when I can get a coach, someone to actually, I know what I'm practicing has gone before and proven results. You're, you walk with a different type of confidence. Do you know what I mean? Even when you go networking and you know 20% of people in the room, you walk into that room with a different set, yeah. swagger because you know people. And then people are going to introduce you to other people. You know that the room is safe. It's energy, isn't it? It's energy. So the earlier you get into the room, there's gonna, everyone's going to have the day when you walk in the room and you know nobody. Yeah. We all have that. But the earlier you do that, like you said, the guy does it by 17, by 25... Yeah, he's going to be a networking <laughs> master. You That's that. it. Opportunities are coming to him. He's not looking for them because he's going to have so many people in his network, know so many people. So the earlier you get in there, the better. Just before we finish, we'll have a quick fire round. Sure. Favourite food? Chicken. What type of chicken? I like jerk chicken. Nice. Favourite holiday? Holiday. I'm going to say Cape Verde. Oh. Nice. I've not been there. Nice. Yeah, nice. Okay. Uh, Favourite book? Book, I say, I've got two, I can't do two. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Richest Man in Babylon, those two books. Uh, someone else said Richest Man yeah. in Babylon. Yeah. Re reset it. I thought you can say it, Iman Effect. <laughs> no, my book is cool, but obviously I wrote that. Like, the book, those two books really, affect, really affected me. Guys, if you want to buy Emmanuel's book, we'll put the link in the description for you. Yeah.
Get your money right. Get your money right. That's what it's called. Yeah. Uh, favorite podcast? Favorite, obviously, Love Mondays. Ah, oh, come on. I thought you were going to say Diary of a CEO. <laughs> no, that's a, it's a good one. It's yeah. a, that's a, that is a good one. That is a good one. What do I, what do I listen to a lot? Um, what's a podcast that are... Yeah, probably Diary of a CEO. I do listen to a lot. A lot is on quite regularly. Favorite TV show? Um, I, don't really, I don't really watch TV too much, but I would probably say... I'd probably say um, Dragon's Den. Oh, good. Yeah, I like it. I like watching the pictures. I like seeing how how investors think. Yeah. Favourite day? <sighs> Sunday. Bro. I already, gave, I already gave you the Monday in the ah, podcast. That's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> why do you love Mondays? Uh, you know why I love Mondays? Because I used to hate Mondays. So that's why I love them now. Because I remember when I used to work for someone else, I used to wake up on a Monday and ah, going to this job. Did it, but... Those Mondays led me to be to today. Do you understand? It's like yeah. sometimes you forget that actually the grinding, the sacrifice, those days when you, when you woke up and did it anyway, now lead to the way where you wake up and you're in control of your day. Uh, thank you very much, Manny, for coming on. Now, thank you for having me. Thank you for creating the podcast and thank you for being an inspiration, man. Like what you're doing and how you're doing it is, is beautiful. It's beautiful to see. And, you know, I feel like you, you deserve your flowers and your roses because, you know, I know, I know this doesn't come by accident. This comes by sacrifice, by hard work, determination. I know you probably had so much rejection, so much heartache, so many times deals fell through and stuff like that, but you carried on and that's why this exists. And now it's possible. You know that Nelson Mandela, it always seems impossible till it's done. Like this, for me, growing up, I thought this was impossible and you've done it. So now other people know they can do it too. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. No, thank you.